say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need Hello everyone and welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo and Oh my goodness gracious Molly, I gotta tell you what, we have got an amazing show. Oh, oh, I know the holidays are here and oh, we are so excited. But you know what? In our most important relationship, right? Sometimes our marriages, holidays bring out not only the best, but sometimes the worst. Oh, I know it's supposed to be peace and goodwill to men. And sometimes it's like, I want to give you a piece of my mind and I'm going to put you in the will. That's <laughs> what this time of year. Listen, here's the deal. We are going to sort through the madness that can be men and women. Oh, and it can be madness. If any of you know, have been around, it can be sheer madness. Some of you are thinking about getting married. I know you are. Do you? You're thinking, you're going, I'm going to marry this person. They're awesome. I love them. And then what happens is the marriage happens and you go, this isn't the person I dated. This is, this is, no, no, no. This, what, what happened here? Who, who is she? Who is he? What? I know. It gets good. And then you get older. Listen, I, I've been married, you know, 22 years, you know, I mean, you know, you get older and things change, you know, you're not the same man that I was. 22 years ago and she's still the same woman okay but i'm not the same man clearly so here's the deal we got to sort through all that so we need some help don't we yeah we really do so guess what i brought the experts bill and pam farrell all the way from california are here with us today with their book men are are like waffles women are like spaghetti what <laughs> Jay. Yeah, no, 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 no. Men are like waffles. Like, they're going to explain it. It, it. Just stay with me, right? Because they're going to explain it. It's going to be awesome and you're going to love them. They are two fabulous people. But before we do that, let's do what I do with you every single week, right? I walk you through the training of the four areas of your life, right? We're four part people. We're physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual people. And the truth of the matter is, we, we never really rise to the occasion when we're under stress or we're under pressure or we're hangry. Oh, hangry? Yeah, that's a term for when you're hungry and you know you start to get angry, right? That kind of happens with guys actually quite a bit. Anyway, here's the thing. Whenever you're under stress and pressure, we never rise to the occasion. We only fall back to the level of our training. Every opera, special operations forces guy that has ever been interviewed on the show has said exactly the same thing. You're only as good as your training is in these four areas of your life. And so if you're not regularly training the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual on a regular basis, well, as we say often on the show, if you're not growing, you're dying because we never stay the same. Right. So I want to check with you on how your training is going in these four areas of your life. So let's start with the physical, right? And we're going to do this by a scale of one to 10. One is miserable. 10 is outstanding. Five is an average. So if you were to evaluate your training physically, meaning how well are you exercising, um, how well are you eating right, it, how is your training going when it comes to getting enough sleep and drinking enough water and in, in that type of role, if you were to evaluate yourself on a scale of one to 10 in those areas, how would you, what grade would you give yourself? Now, the important thing here is not what the number is, right? I mean, it, 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 what's important is whatever that number is, it is, what are you going to do to change that number? What are the things that you recognize in the physical realm of who you are that you need to change right now and take action on to move, right? 
you know, Christmas time is a great time for lots of sugar, right? Got to tell you, you know, maybe, maybe it's just time to put it down. You know, maybe, maybe it's to just say no. Sometimes that's what you, sometimes it's as simple as just saying no. This isn't good for me. And don't do it. Then, then you know what? Then there's this, there's this other part of you, right? The mental part of you. And we go, well, what, what, what do you mean mental part? Right? And the mental part of you is this part of you that we have to ask ourselves, are we a mental loafer? Or are we being active in our learning and growth mentally? You know, we talk about having a left brain, right brain, you know, the right brain being very creative and the left brain being very logical. And, 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 you know, the truth of the matter is we need to exercise both halves of that brain guys, you too, gals, you too, right? We got, we got to work on both sides. How do we do that? Well, we take an active interest in what we're learning, right? Meaning like, you know, one great thing to do is read a book, actively read a book. So often we just let things come at us. We do not take it. We do not become this active participant in our growth, Right. We do not become this active participant in in learning to become better at whatever we do for our careers or being better at what we do in our relationships. This is all part of growth. Right. There are so many other things that you can do. You can learn an instrument which works on both sides of your brain. You can learn a foreign language which works both sides of your brain. There's a lot of things that you could do to enhance your mental growth. So you got to ask yourself a question on a scale of one to ten. How is your mental training going actively? And again, same, same issue, whatever that number is, what are you going to do to change it? What's the action you're going to take? And then emotionally. So often, you know, we talk in psychology as a psych, as a psychological professional, you know, we talk a lot about intelligent and quotient, uh, emotional quotients and emotional intelligence and those type of things. And those are all great terms, but you know, I'm just going to make it really easy on you. Two things I want you to ask yourself emotionally, when it comes to your emotional training, one, how well are you able to control your emotions under stress and pressure? It's the first one. And then the second one is how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of others? So, so often what happens is, you know, and by the way, we're in constant training emotionally. If you don't think you are just drive down the highway and watch somebody cut you off, you'll find out real quickly where you're at emotionally. <laughs> right. I mean, you really will. You, you, you find out really quick where, where, where your emotional training is at. Right, go into go into the stores because the last minute shoppers because you have not taken the time to plan your Christmas shopping. Go into the stores and let's see what your emotional control is. That's all part of your emotional intelligence. Right, fact of the matter is it's all intentional. Right, if you intend it, if you're being intentional about your emotional training, if you're being intentional about controlling your emotions, you can because nothing can make you feel anything if you don't want to feel it. You can control how you feel. It's your choice. As I've told my psychology classes over and over and over again when I used to teach, I've said, look, you could kick me as hard as you want in the shins. Here's the deal. I still have a choice if I want to respond to you. That's my choice. And it is your choice too. So you can't control it. The second piece of tapping into and understanding the emotions of other people, you know what that's going to take is that's going to take emotional grammar. By the way, you can, you can go and just Google up anything if you want to find out the levels of emotional grammar. Cause there's just, you know, guys, we kind of keep it pretty simple. I'm angry, but women have different levels of angry. They're miffed. You know, they, you know, they could be, you know, anger can be, have partly disappointment can be coupled with anger. They, they've got all sorts of names for anger and sadness and happiness and, and joy and right. And, and right guys, it's kind of like we're angry or happy. 
sad. <laughs> we think blue is a color. We don't understand it. So here's the thing. The truth of the matter is, right, we got to increase our vocabulary because that's the way we can understand the emotions of others, right? And that means that we have to take and be, an, again, an active participant in understanding that. By the way, both of these things require us to listen. They're going to, Bill and Pam are going to talk about that too, by the way, listening is a powerful tool and how we listen, right? So again, what are you going to do to change it? Whatever your number is emotionally. And then finally the spiritual area, you know, I know a lot of people out there, they say, I'm not real spiritual. You are spiritual. Christmas is in two days. Do you believe it's going to come? Yeah, you do. Right. Do you, do you know for sure? But you do believe it, right? The fact that you believe in anything that you feel that you that is out there that hasn't happened yet, but you believe is going to happen, that's called faith, right? We all have some level of spirituality in us, right? We all believe that something is going to happen in the future. If you have faith, faith is spiritual at its very basic level, right? And then there's the question of, what brings you to a sense of peace, a sense of centeredness, you know, regardless of the chaos around you, right? And is it working for you, right? So I ask people, you know, is it God? Is it, is it meditation? Is it, is it nature? What is it for you? Is it working? If it's not working, do you, what do you need to do to change it? And as I say, you know, regularly on the show, look, being spiritual is not going to church and thinking about fishing, you know, being spiritual is going fishing and thinking about God. That's being spiritual, ultimately. All right, so you have these four areas of your life, and they each have a number, right? Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Think of those as the legs of the chair. If your legs of your chair are uneven, right, it puts our posture in a bad place. At this, by the same token, if the chair is too low, right, we can't sit at a normal table and eat nutritiously as we need to in order for us to be as healthy as possible. And speaking of two people who are absolutely healthy and have their chair in the right place and their numbers are good, their name is Pam, Bill and Pam Farrell. They are relationship specialists. They are the co-founders and directors of LoveWise and Farrell Communications, uh, organizations that help today's couples and families develop relational wisdom. Their passion is to help others learn how relationships really work, right? The Farrells are international speakers and authors of more than 30 books, including their best-selling Men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti, which has been translated over 16 languages and have sold more than half a million copies, right? Yeah, what do you think of that, Matt? Frequent guests, they're frequent guests on radio and television, Pam and Bill. Also, uh, pen, pen is a word for write, a monthly comment on relationships that runs in several newspapers in the United States and Canada. And uh, their writing has appeared in numerous magazines. They're also marriage columnists for Crosswalk.com. Bill and Pam have been happily married for over 40 years and are parents to three children, a daughter-in-law and two grandchildren. Please welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Pam and Bill Farrell. And Pam and Bill, welcome to A New Direction. Welcome, kids. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this. When well, I saw your book, like Lessons from the Farm, I'm like, country girl, awesome <laughs> already. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. Jay, I love the way you open your show. It reminds me of one of our sons. Oh, really? big personality yeah. at his college graduation. He did a backflip in his graduation gown and hat. At, at University of Louisville. <laughs> yeah. You have to make a statement. Was this, he, uh, 
this wasn't the son who was disappointed because he didn't get the chocolate chip cookie because he didn't play well in the uh, block. No, line. no, that's a different one. All right, was that the different one? Because they all know it's not about the cookie. I, yeah. We all know it's never about the cookie, Pam. It's never about the cookie. It's really about winning, isn't it, Bill? Hey, all three of our boys uh, love to win. They're yeah. like their dad. Yeah. You got you got a football coach out there who loves to win, and I know you got you got coach, yeah. and an engineer. So our awesome. big personality son ended up at the University of Louisville as a competitive cheerleader. Or oh, awesome. Yeah. And when he competed for the national uh, national championship, he said, Dad, you got to watch me on TV. I'm like, well, of course. You know, I mean, he, he was on CBS Sports. I'm like, of, of course. And then he goes, Dad, you got to watch. And I'm on the front row. So I'm live. like, okay, I'll be there. Well, he, they built a base, put him and another guy on top of the base, put girls on top of them. Right. So when, he, when he got the girl in position, he dropped one of his hands, looked at the camera and went, dad, call me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he points to me in the audience. He's like, love you, mom. Yeah. That, so, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's like it's like being home with you, man. That's right. We we enjoy it. That's awesome. Good for you yeah. guys. And we so, all agreed we don't like to go on family vacation without him because it's more fun when he's. There. I'm sure your family agrees. That's I, fine with you there. I, okay. Well, here's here's the truth about me. Uh, I can. A lot of people. First of all, my wife will tell you that one of the reasons why she married me was because I make her laugh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, that that was that humor is so important to the relationship. Uh, my friends will tell you they keep me around because they feel safe and uh, because, you know, I, I, my stature and everything like that. Yeah. But they also feel like I'm a cartoon character. And so, uh, <laughs> so, so I'm like something out of a Pixar movie. And so uh, uh, they, <laughs> they, have a, they have a tendency to uh, enjoy having me around. Although some people will take my personality and my quirks and my talkativeness and go, please, Jay. For the love of all of us, shut up, please. So, uh, so I'm going to do that now and do what I do here on the show, ask you questions. So, so the book is fantastic. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I've read it. I've taken a couple times, and I've read. I've dog-eared the doggone thing, and it's all covered in yellow, and, and it's just all over. Highlighted. We love it. Highlighted. Oh, I highlighted it. Um, men are like waffles. Women are like spaghetti, and. 10 chapters plus the epilogue, um, absolutely fabulous. Each chapter on it can stand on its own. Um, I think you could read this, people could read this book um, as such. So what I, I want to just dive right into the book itself. And let's just dive into chapter one, because I literally had a young lady who was asking me about the show. And she said to me, I don't get it. What is, what is it? What do you mean when men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti? Right. So uh, who would like to, who would be, how about this? You know, do you want to talk about, Pam, do you want to talk about the men are like waffles piece and then have Bill talk about the women piece? Or do you want to talk about the women piece and have Bill I'll talk, talk about, about the women and Bill talk about the men? Well, we kind okay. of jump around a bit. All right. So, Bill, Bill, talk about why are men are like waffles? So so the the motivation behind figuring this out is when, when we started helping people with their marriages, we realized getting guys involved in relationship conversations is much harder than getting women involved. Mm. Getting women to talk about relationships, it's a lot like fishing at the hatchery. Right. Like it's just not that difficult to do. But getting men engaged is a much more challenge. It's, it's a bigger challenge. So so I was looking for some analogy, some word picture that would help men kind of figure it out. And since I know men like food, 
we decided to use the food picture. So what we mean by men are like waffles, if you diagram the way a typical man processes information in life, it looks like the top of a waffle. There's a bunch of boxes. All those boxes are separated from one another by walls. And the way we as men operate is the first issue in life goes in the first box. The second issue goes in the second box. The third issue goes in the third box and so on. And, and we as men, we spend time in one box at a time in one box only. So when a man is at work, he is at work. When a man is out in the yard doing yard work, he is in the yard doing yard work. When a man is watching TV, hello, hello, he's watching TV. We do one thing at a time and one thing only. And now as men mature, we do jump boxes faster than we used to. Right. So at times we actually imitate multitasking because we get pretty good at moving from one box to another. Right. But we're not we're not doing a bunch of stuff at once. We're, we're just doing one thing at a time, moving quicker than we used to. Right. And because of this, we as men, we are problem solvers by nature. The way that we like to operate is we go into a box, we figure out what the problem is, we assign a solution, and then we move on. And yeah. if we get to a box and we see what the problem is and we do not know what the solution is, <laughs> we just move on. Because we cannot possibly think of a reason to spend time on a problem we have no answer for. And for part of life, this is a good thing. Like all of our families need the single focus that men bring. Businesses need the single focus. Community organizations need it. But it creates some pretty significant tension in your most important relationships because, because the ladies just don't process like a waffle. Right. Social scientists have said for a long time, men compartmentalize and women integrate, but most normal people don't talk like that. Mm -hmm. And it does go down to our, our <laughs> DNA. I mean, XX, XY, you know, estrogen, mm -hmm. testosterone, it impacts us. And so if you look at the way we women uh, process our life, it looks much more like one noodle laying on a plate of spaghetti. If you follow that noodle around that plate, it looks like it touches pretty much every other noodle on the plate. And that's the way we women process life is we travel through life, making emotional connections to the people and things that matter most to us. And so by nature, we're pretty amazing at multitasking or sometimes it's called toggle tasking today. I mean, we can be on the phone with our friend and her life's all falling apart. And we're like, hey, you should watch Jay on New Direction. He's like so enthusiastic at the same time. We're writing down our Christmas card list and our grocery list and our to-do list for our husband and six kids while we're, you know, um, uh, washing the dishes, loading the washer, loading the dryer. I'm trying to tell our kids to quit yelling because we're on the phone and we can open and shut the oven door with our foot while we're making Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner. I mean, we're amazing multitaskers. It's a gift to the family, to the church, to the community. Uh, but that multitasking thing when it comes to communication Woo, that can really uh, be frustrating uh, to a couple if they don't know how to manage these differences and make them work for them in their relationship. This, this whole difference thing, by the way, shows up really quick, quickly once we get married. Uh, when we're in the infatuation stage of dating, we all remember that, right? You all remember that out there, right? You know that stage where... She's the most perfect thing I've ever seen in my life. He is the most handsome, wonderful man I've ever seen in my life. He's awesome. This is going to be the perfect marriage. It doesn't take long for us to start to realize, does it, that, um, oh my, what are you doing? 
right? I mean, we, wh- who are you, right? We, I mean, these are the questions that, that inevitably happen. You know, we, I think, you know, you guys, you know, because I know, Bill, you've married, you know, who knows how many people in your lifetime, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but I think, you know, one of the things that happens is, you know, after every honeymoon comes a marriage. By the way, if that's there not a go. book, if, 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 if that's not a book, it should be. Yeah. But um, I think what happens is, you know, we, the honeymoon is great. And then, you know, but now after the honeymoon, life starts. Sure. You know, and, right. and this is when these differences really show up. And so, especially, I mean, there's some differences that um, surprise you. For example, I raised three boys, Bill and I have raised three boys, and then I'm married to a guy. And there's one secret that every woman needs to know, and that some of the boxes on every man's waffle are absolutely positively blank. There's no thoughts. There's nothing going on there. Right. And, you know, anybody who's married seen it, you know, like guys will just park in these blank boxes and have this, you know, just real blank look on our face. And we don't know what it is about the women that we love, but they have this kind of radar that every time we get in this blank box, she asks the dreaded question. So what you thinking? Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Which is a really hard question because we tried telling the truth, right, Jay? Yeah. We yeah. said nothing. nothing. And the response we get is, well, you can't be thinking nothing. You have to be thinking something. So what is it? And part of our mission is to tell everybody, no, 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 no. The, this blank box, it's real. And as men, we've been doing this since we were about six years old. Yeah. And, and we really like going there. Yeah. <laughs> and we really didn't That's know cool. it was a problem until we got married. Right. right. <laughs> because you can, here's the thing. You can have. <laughs> 10 guys watching a football game. Right. Not say anything. Right. And right. we and we all understand each other. And we bonded. And we we and we, we watched the same game. <laughs> we feel close. We we feel warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the best and it my wife but, but my Jay, mom, what did you talk about? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. There's only two answers: nothing or football. Right. Football. We were a football team. Uh, football. That's it. That's all you talk about. What else was there right. to talk about? Right. <laughs> right. You put. You put. You put two women together. Just two. Anywhere. Just, oh, put a woman with a cell phone <laughs> while she's getting her hair done at a salon. Yeah. <laughs> That conversation is going the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. As she's talking to her hairdresser, as she's talking to her friend, and they all can follow each other. It's like so cool. It's amazing. (laughs) And and Jay, you know, when we get married, we all marry what we don't have. Oh, exactly. So we're attracted to each other because of our physical differences. We're attracted because of personality differences. We are attracted because of energy level differences. And we all marry what we don't have. We're fascinated with it early on. And then it's the exact same things that frustrate us later because you do things different than me, which was the point of getting married. Right. 
so that we can expand our life and enhance our life. And as you said at the beginning of your show, if we don't grow into the marriage, then it gets frustrating to us. Like Bill likes to quote his favorite philosopher when it comes to these differences. And that would be Rocky Balboa. <gasps> Rocky. Me too. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's my favorite philosopher. I used yes. him in my university graduation speech <laughs> two years ago. Go ahead. Let me hear okay. what you got. Well, so Rocky's dating Adrian. Right. I remember that. Ollie is protective of his sister. So he approaches Rocky one day and says, hey, what are you doing with my sister? And Rocky's response is something like, um, I got gaps. She got gaps. Together we feel gaps. Which it. is really good relationship advice because we all have gaps. Yeah. And that's why we marry what we don't have and we're attracted to what we don't have. And then we have to learn how to live with it because we married. Like I tell guys all the time, you think you married a buddy who looks better than all your guy friends. <laughs> and then you found out you married a woman. I love it. They're Bill and Pam Farrell. The book is entitled Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti, and you are listening to them here on A New Direction. Folks, I talk about my sponsors all the time, right? Epic Physical Therapy and Linda Craft and Team Realtors. Listen, these are two fabulous sponsors. They've been with us a long time. Epic Physical Therapy. Whether you're recovering from surgery, injury, suffering everyday aches and pains, whether you're having difficulty performing activities of daily living, Maybe you're a professional athlete. Listen, they treat them all. That's absolutely true. I have been there when professional athletes have been in there and that's where they go, right? And why? Because here's what they understand. The elite folks at Epic Physical Therapy understand that you have to have a customized treatment plan that is tailored to you and your individual needs. So because they're so experienced with dealing with professional athletes, they understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or your injury. So when you're ready for your epic relief, when you're ready for your epic recovery, when you're ready for your epic results, look no further, go to Epic Physical Therapy. You can learn more by going to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft, the team realtors, you know what? They're helping people all over the world and they're right in Raleigh, North Carolina, in the Research Triangle Park. How is it possible they have people all over the world? Well, here's the deal. So what happens is Linda's been around for, you know, 35 years, right? And she's independently owned and operated, does not belong to a national company, and she's created relationships around the world with the best experts, right? Because relationships are the number one thing, and that's the reason why she's at the top of her game for 35 years, because she understood that it's really about the relationships, and not only the relationships, but the memories. Right? Nobody remembers what their grandmother paid for their home, but boy, they sure remember every memory they had there, right? And that's really what real estate is. Real estate is about places where we build memories and build relationships. And that's why I hear customers call her the legend of customer service when it comes to real estate. So, you know, when you're ready to really build a relationship, you know, through a home, start with the relationship memory makers. Start with Linda Craft at Team Realtors. And you can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A. C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Bill and Pam Farrell and their book. Uh, Men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. And uh, we are just talking through the beginnings of the book in reality here and having a really great time with it. Uh, there, there is so much I want to cover in this book. We are never going to get to because, first of all, i got 30 pages of notes. And so uh, unless you're ready to be here through New Year's, we will never get through uh, everything I want to ask you for sure. Uh, we, we, we've been talking about communication 
at least on some level, we've been talking about communication and, and Bill, you did a great job, you know, how we want to stay on the box and, and uh, you know, Pam, you talk about how, you know, you know, the relating and connecting just works together in our communication. But the problem is that you talk about, you know, we have these three levels of communication, you know, there's level one, the small talk, you know, how's the weather, how we should, you know, then you got the level two thoughts and opinions and level three is where we start to talk about our opinions and our convictions. And so, but this is where we can get into a little trouble, can't we? Yeah. And it's one of those things that if you marry somebody who agrees with all of your opinions and convictions, Mm -hmm. your conflict in marriage is going to be relatively low. Mm -hmm. If you marry somebody who significantly is different than you in, in the most important areas of life. I mean, the reason why we have convictions is there some important questions in life? And as you answer those questions, you begin to, to really define who you are. So how hard do you want to work? What are your political persuasions? How, how involved do you want God to be in your life? How, how do you think kids ought to be raised? What are your moral, moral and ethical standards? Like when you start talking about those uh, questions and you give your answers, you start to define who you are as a person. And all of your best friends in life agree with you on your opinions and convictions. That's why they become close friends. And if you have a, a significant disagreement at that level in marriage, your communication skills need to be really high. Because there's going to be conflict. And your conflict resolution skills need to be really high. You can make it work. Right. You just have to be better than the average couple at those skills in order to keep cohesion in your marriage. Right. And so there's... Like we like to say that the fourth level communication is probably the most important because you um, don't get to practice it most any other place other than marriage. And, and that is that level of emotional connection. Uh, Let's just give you a quick example from our marriage. So Bill and I, um, you know, when we, when we first got married, um, it, it's really easy to have disagreements um, in this area. And so one day he came home and he said to me, Hey, Pam, I said, Pam, you know, I really think you're too busy and I can take offense and I can just react. Um, Or I can choose to repeat key phrases to keep him talking so we can get down to what the real issue is. And so, um, so I decided that day, instead of reacting, I'm just going to repeat key phrases. So you think that I'm too busy. And that triggers some of me. I said, well, it's not just that you're too busy. Mm. It's that life's really overwhelming for me right now. You're overwhelmed. Yeah. And actually I'm, I'm a little bit afraid I might fail. Well, you feel like you might fail? Yeah, especially at work. Mm-hmm. Okay, you remember, remember I told you growing up, my mom, because she was afraid of everybody and everything, she used a lot of reverse psychology. And so I heard a lot growing up, you don't have what it takes, you're never going to be anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like her voice is echoing in my office right now. And I'm, I'm actually concerned she might be right. And I don't know why. Oh, and I'm so sorry. Let me see if I'm tracking with you here. So you go to work and you hear these negative voices and it's not really something that is tangible. It's more like negative, you know, all those negative things growing up that's holding you like. Yeah. And I shouldn't be feeling this way because everything's going well at work. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a little bit like, I remember that time I showed my dad, my report card in grade seven, it said 100%, 100%, 100%, 99.9. 
And my dad had been drinking like all day and all night. So he's like, damn, why is that a hundred? Does it feel a little bit like that? Well, do you feel like even if it had been a hundred, he would have found something wrong with it? Probably. Yeah. See, I have no reason to think this might happen, but I can't quite shake it. And um, so we got a connection that day that was deep and profound, but it could have looked a whole lot different had we not used those skills like repeat key phrases um right. to go a little bit deeper right. like hey, it could hey, have been hey pam i think you're too busy you think that i'm too busy maybe if, if you oh. would like help out around here i'm like doing the laundry i'm doing the cooking <laughs> i'm like taking care of these three boys i'm writing books with you i'm like your pastor i'm working at your church well maybe if you would take out the trash i wouldn't be so busy now now can you imagine the argument we could have had over that conversation <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there right now going, oh, I've had that argument, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once. yeah. Like, we like to say we could have been in intense fellowship with each other for at least a week over that yeah, discussion. Yeah. <laughs> the choice is always ours. The choice is always yours. The choice is always the audience. Conflict or connection, which one do you want? And that's why learning to listen is probably one of the best skills. It's not like great communication is not necessarily somebody who's a great talker. It's somebody who's a great listener. I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm going to pause here before we get into great listening, because you're absolutely right. I want to pause here though for a second, because I want to repeat these four skills that you share in the book. And that is repeat the keywords or phrases that he or she says with a voice inflection that says you've really heard what they've said. Rephrase, right? So after your spouse has been talking, you've heard that this is what was going on in that conversation. After your spouse has been talking for a few minutes with your encouragement, summarize his or her thoughts in your own words, and then regroup after summarizing what they've heard. Then you ask, am I somewhere close to understanding what you're saying? And then finally reconnect um, after a significant amount of sharing when you think you have a good idea of what's really motivating your spouse. I think it's really important that people understand that um, this is a really great tool that you put in the book for everybody that they, that either male or female, we can learn this skill. Yes. Um, it's like driving a car, you know, yeah. you look over your shoulder, you put your seatbelt on, you put it in gear. I mean, you just go through these simple steps and you gain right. that connection that everybody longs for that heart to heart connection. I have to tell you both, you, you have a quote in this book. Um, and it's under the, it's in this chapter, chapter two, um, and it's under the heading hundred to one principle. And I want to just read it. It says, Pam and Bill, um, it, uh, we have learned that happiness and passion in marriage does not come from finding the right partner, but by being the right partner. This was a piece of advice that was given to me before I got married was, um, by Dr. Henry Osler, who said to me, um, Jay, stop looking for the right person, become the right person. So good. And yeah. uh, I, I think, I think this is, you know, it's a great thing before you're married, but I think what you say after marriage is so critical here is it's not about going, oh, man, I, I'm, I married the wrong person. No, you need to become the right person. Right. Okay. I mean, that, that, isn't that our goal? Isn't it really uh, my, my goal I, is. I cannot, like, I can't echo you loud enough, Jay. Because the way marriage really works is about every seven years, you change as a person and the person you're married to changes. And we all tend to see that as a problem. Like you're not the person I married. But in reality, we all have the opportunity to renew our marriage every seven to 10 years because 
life changes and we change. So we can become even more interesting. Uh, one of my favorite quotes um, is, it's never too late to become your very best self. And if you're committed to becoming the best partner you can be, then you redis rediscover a love with each other every seven to 10 years. I like to tell people, I, I've been married to seven different people and they're all named Pam mm. because she's changed along the way. Yeah. And I can either be frustrated with that or I can be like, hey, I'm discovering a new woman. Yeah. Now, I have to become a new man to keep up with that new woman. Right. <laughs> no, and if I, you do this, it. it's going to be a great journey. I, I, I get this. Um, my wife has undergone a, a, just a significant change here in the last year or so. And we're 22 years married. So right around year 21. And it's been a great, by the way, it's been the greatest change ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has not been, this has not been, oh man, who are you? This is, oh my gosh, where did you come from? <laughs> you are unbelievable. <laughs> I, I just, I adore you. You, this is yeah. better than I could have even imagined. Why did they have to wait 21 years? Was I not ready? Was I not ready for this? Cause you're awesome. Right. I mean, it's literally been that kind of change for me. Yeah. And I'm like, going, okay, what do I got to do to keep this? What am I going to, am I going to pull the rug out from underneath my feet? Cause this is going to be over soon. I gotta, I gotta keep this thing going. How do I keep that thing going? I gotta get five. Right. Cause I'm like going to all these things, but it's because we change. It's, 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 oh, it's, it's okay. That's yeah. a change. I'm going to skip a chapter. I'm going to move to chapter four because um, I, I have, I'm part of a number of men's business groups uh, and we get a little personal and uh, mm -hmm. chapter four, which is entitled waffles and spaghetti and love preparing for the main course. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because we're also in the holiday time. And, and, you know, one of the things when I talk to other men and we're around the table and we're eating and, and, doing what men do. Right. And we, sometimes we get, there's this moment where we start asking about what's going on in each other's lives. <clears throat> and generally because everybody's married, there is something that happens that it really comes down to the relationship that's in the marriage is not right, or it's not going well, or there's something wrong. And typically it's in this romantic sexual area yep. that we start to see some things start to fall apart. And I think a large part of this is because uh, as men and women, we're so different. Yeah. So let's talk about what romance is to her. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about that first, because I think romance to him, him is pretty easy. So let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, talk, let's, let's, let's focus on what is romance for, what is romance for her typically should that look like? And, and what I would say to all the men, Jay, is that, Women have an emotional mandate in their life to be connected to somebody who thinks she's special. Mm -hmm. And when that emotional connection gets made, she then has a desire to give her body to that man. Mm -hmm. And as men, we just want to say, hey, look, you're beautiful. You're amazing. Can we get it on? And right. we want it to be that simple for them. Right. And marriage is the greatest tool for learning how to be selfless on the planet. And as men, if we can if we can shift our thinking and say, my goal is to reach her heart as often as I can. And she's going to want to give her body. And so as men, it, it starts with compliments. Your wife wants to hear every day how special she is. In fact, Bill has like ABCD that makes it really easy to remember how yeah. to romance a woman. 
right? So the, the A in Romancing Woman is anytime you alleviate stress in her life, she's going to see you as a valuable person in her life. Because again, women are like spaghetti. They keep connecting life, which means life keeps getting bigger. And so women naturally feel stress as they're involved with people. And anytime you alleviate stress in her life, she's going to look at you and say, oh, that's Thank my man. You. The B is anytime you make her feel beautiful. Because again, women, women live under enormous pressure about are you beautiful enough? Did you put your makeup on right? Is your hair done right? Are your clothes right? And it's a constant theme in their lives. So when we say to them they're beautiful, it, it, it ignites those romantic interests. And sometimes we test our husbands like, ooh, do I look fat in this? And there's no real safe way for a male to question. say that. And the, so the, the best answer is, I've yeah. gotten is, I don't know, Pam, I'm so enamored by your beauty, I can't think straight. That one works pretty like, well. That one seems okay. <laughs> <laughs> the C is anytime you make her feel competent. Because yeah. there's very interesting studies. Women feel successful and women feel like they're leaders if other people tell them they're successful and they're leaders. Like, you know, as guys, we just like, we show up and we think we're successful. And we show leader, up in a group and we here. think we're a leader. Women feel that way when they get told by others that they're that way. So anytime we express to them, you're competent, you got it, you can, you, you can make this happen. And the D is desired. Anytime you make her feel desired. And sometimes, Jay, it's really simple stuff. Like, like about a week ago, Pam said, you know what I would really like is orange juice. I said, Pam, I'll go to the store and get you orange juice. She goes, no, I don't want you to go to the store for orange juice. And I, and the thought hit me, no, Pam, I wouldn't go for orange juice. I would go for you. Mm. And she went pretty good there. Huh? Oh. <laughs> so, so it just starts with us accepting the fact that if we constantly feed the need for her to feel like she's important and she's special, it raises her sense of interest. And if we ignore that need, it shuts it down. And an easy way, because our minds are like spaghetti. So if you're going to romance a woman, you're going to want to tie together the things that are special to her, for example. Well, like, like anytime you remember what's important to her, like if you just call her in the middle of the day and say, hey, honey, I, I just called to talk to you. There's no real reason. I just called. <laughs> and, and if you give her flowers the reason why flowers work is it announces i was thinking about you while i was doing something else and if you put together a date that you know she would like 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 you i i encourage guys all the time hey, hey guys just choose one weekend a year where you are going to make it a date like you used to do like all out. Wow. So a week ahead of time, invite her out. Right. And you can, you can do it in an email. You can do it in a text message. You can post it on social media. You can even send her a, a handwritten invitation. You can do Just a invite her a week ahead of time. <laughs> and, and in the middle of the week, give her some direction on how to dress because women always like to be appropriately dressed Baby, for wherever they're going. That. So give her some guidelines. Don't tell her exactly what to wear, but give her guidelines on how she should dress for the event that you're going on. And, I, and when you go out, like take her to a place, you know, she would like, and then the next day, send like her a go thank ahead you of note. time and leave a gift on her yeah, plate really at a cool. restaurant. And the day after send her a thank you note that she gets two or three days later. I love that. You will have taken a, a single date, build a week full of memories for her and my guess is you'll get romance points that cover several months. 
<laughs> their name is connected to her. Their name is Bill and Pam Farrell. The book is entitled Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. You're listening to them here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, Epic Physical Therapy, right? Talk about them all the time, right? They're my physical therapist. I go in, I see Heidi, the owner, and her husband, Andrew, regularly, and the, the team and the staff, man, they're great. I'm just telling you, they are some of the best people. They're certified. The facilities are beautiful. They have the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, things like the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, fantastic way to do your running. Their Normatec compression sleeves. Oh, yeah, listen, when you get older, I'm just going to tell you something. Sometimes your joints just do not want to hold together like they used to. Well, the Normatec compression sleeves make you feel like your joints are all back together again. Then there's the game ready. Man, I don't can't I can't speak for everybody, but these joints swell. And when they get that ice, cold water and compression, to go through those joints and just take the swelling out of those parts of my body, man, it just feels great. Look, as I've told you, they're trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting edge treatments like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, fantastic, by the way, cupping, uh, cupping, if you've never seen the circles on the back of swimmers where they manipulate the muscle through the skin, it's outstanding. I just highly recommend it. Look, when you're ready for your epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, just just go where the pros go. Go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? Here is the cool thing. 35 years to be at the top of your game. 35 years. Think about that. You're at the top of your game for 35 years. How do you do that? Well, here's how you do it. You do it by making sure that you put people first. That's how you do it. You don't, you don't try to be successful. You try to put the people first. That's what Linda did. Her first customer from 1985 still comes and sees her. That's right. First customer from 1985 still comes and sees her today, right? It's amazing. Why? Because she maintains the relationship because she understands that the, it takes work to grow relationships. And you'll hear Bill and Pam are talking about, you know, even it's kind of like even your business relationships are kind of like a marriage. You got to work at them, right? You just can't let them sit around. You got to work at them. That's what Linda has done over the course of 35 years. She works with those relationships because they're that important. She understands that the home is something more than just bricks and mortar. It's a place that memories are made. It's why her customers call her the legend of customer service. So when you're ready to start your home buying or home selling process, just start with Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You can do that by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with uh, Bill and Pam Farrell and their book, Men Are Like Waffles and Women Are Like Spaghetti. And uh, we're back here and we're talking through their book and we're having a great time. Are you guys having a good time? I'm having a great time, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like a double date with you and your wife. Something That's, active and yeah, fun, I'm, like I'm ATVs or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, come, that kind of brings us around what's romantic to a guy. And um, what's romantic to a guy is um, when you can lower his stress and raise his ability to succeed. Mm -hmm. And um, so we women, we process stress differently than men. Um, we talk our way through stress. Like when I'm stressed out, my mom knows it. My sister knows it. My best friend knows it. The clerk at the grocery store will know I'm stressed out. But guys, when they're stressed out, they like to go to their favorite easy boxes to rest and recharge. Kind of like a battery in a battery recharger. Mm -hmm. But the creator kind of clued us girls in in that most men's favorite boxes are shaped like boxes. The TV screen is shaped like a box. The 
phone is shaped like a box. The computer is shaped like a box. The refrigerator is shaped like football a box. Field. Football field, basketball court, baseball diamond, soccer goal, pool blind. table, deer blind. They're all the shaped garage. like boxes. The garage is shaped like a box. The bed is shaped like a box. Yes, In is. fact, that red hot monogamy <laughs> box, that's a favorite box to go to for husbands. Uh, it's kind of like the free square in the middle of a bingo card. You can get there from every other square on their waffle. Bingo. And so if you want to romance a guy, you figure out what his favorite easy boxes are. Then you tie them together. For example, if I want to romance Bill, uh, all of our boys were college athletes. And so, you know, tickets to a college football game. Mm -hmm. um, then box number two, Bill's a great cook. And so taking him to a good, healthy, gourmet restaurant, he would love that. And then um, also um, box number three, that bingo box, that would be his favorite. Okay, red hot monogamy right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, box, that was his favorite box to go to. He would give you the tickets to the college football game to make sure that that yep. bingo box is yep. going to get Enjoy covered. Absolutely. Right. And so <laughs> oftentimes what's simple in romancing a guy is like just curl up next to him, watch the game, only talk during the commercials and bring something wrapped in bacon mm -hmm. and it's a win. And if it's a square, that would even be better. Like if it That's was right. a bacon and cheese sandwich, that would be a square. <laughs> that would be awesome, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, <you're, laughs> yeah. here's the thing that i thought about when i read that part of that everything was box which by the way i thought was brilliant by the way when i read it i was like golly everything that i really do is square <laughs> but you know what's interesting isn't it that a woman has curves and it's it it's kind of like as a guy you kind of go oh that's different yeah oh, there we that's go. that that's it's not jagged edged it's not sharp. It's soft. And it's kind of like, you can't, we kind of have this caveman thing. Oh, well, what is that? <laughs> what is that thing? It's soft. It's, it's soft and it's curvy. It And it doesn't have, it's not a square. I can't rotate it, right? And it really is, it's a mystery to us, yeah. isn't it? Because she's not like anything that we generally fit into our box. See, and, right. and Jay... I, I so appreciate you bringing it up because the attitude we need to have is this is a mystery. I'm going to explore and enjoy the rest right. of my life. We don't right. have to understand her, just appreciate her. Well, but what so many guys do is we get irritated with it. Right. Rather than stay fascinated, we're like, can't you just change? Like, can't you become more like me? Because you're, you're too much work. Right. And, and nobody wants to be thought of as too much work. But everybody loves to be thought of as a fascinating mystery. Right. And yeah. so if we can set our minds that, that that's the way we're going to approach this our whole life. And I tell guys all the time, all you need to be successful with your wife is curiosity. Mm. Don't ever lose your curiosity and don't ever lose the sense that I'm going to learn something new about my wife this month. Mm. And next month, I'm going to learn something else. And then I'm going to learn something else. And when you stay curious and you, you take the pressure off yourself to, to understand, like, like I tell guys all the time, the day you're going to understand your wife is the day you have your first menstrual period. <laughs> Up until that day, you just need to discover her and be fascinated with her. Right. And if you keep that attitude, you'll be amazed that 
you know, Pam and I just experienced just to celebrate our 41st anniversary and I still like her. Okay, right. Bill's still my best friend and a great lover. And that's really when you think right. about, you know, the holidays and um, the time that you're going to have together or you think about, you know, Valentine's Day coming up. Um, ladies, one of the best things you can do is say thank you. Uh, give a gift of appreciation uh, wrapped up with something clever that says, baby, I'm a want you. I'm married to a hunk of hunk of burning love. Um, and so think about what would he like? What would see, what's his favorite empty box? Give him a day off to do it. Yeah. Oftentimes we head into these special events with our long to-do list. But uh, one of the best things you can put in his stocking is, an official day off to do anything you want. And I'm not going to ask you to do a thing for me that day. I'm just going to do some things for you, baby. Um, it's amazing uh, it, what it, will happen. It, you know what? It, it, you know, I tell, I, I tell people this on a regular basis that my wife can still say something to me and make me run through a brick wall. <laughs> That's good. Amen, right? brother. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she can, she can yeah. say things to me. Like when we started to do this show, right. And, and I started, when I started doing the show, she said, she said to me, she wasn't sure at first, but then when she heard the show, she said, she said, this is awesome. She said, never stop. You are, this is, you found it. And this is great. You were made for this. Right. You, and, and it was her words, right? Because I heard, I had everybody, people go, oh, you know, you have a really good show. I really like, and you're really good. Right. But when she said it, when she said, you have to do this. Yeah. This is something you have to do. Exactly. Man, I got to tell you something. All of a sudden, I mean, you know, because I read every book from cover to cover. All of a sudden, it was like, I'm going to read. I'm going to read these books so well, and I'm going to take these notes so well, and I'm going to find ways to add value to every author, and I'm going to make this a show that I want to be on as an author, and and because it was just because she drove me to that. Yeah. And that's the power of marriage. That's right. That's committed love. We have the ability to make each other the best version of themselves. And nobody else on the planet has it. Right. Like like nobody but your wife could could get the reaction that she got from you. No, she, no, because I've, I've, I, I literally, I literally will run through a brick wall. She says, you know, you can run through this brick wall. Okay. I can do it. Then I will. Yeah. But this is where – here's the other side of this, though, because in Chapter 6, Waffles and Spaghetti and Conflict, Hot Waffles and Simmering Marinara, the fact of the matter is conflict. You, you come right out here's – the, here's basically the first sentence of the book. Every couple will experience conflict. Yeah. Unavoidable. Yeah. What's the differences between the two, and how do we deal with it? So, so the first thing that's the same about both of us is, is to see the value in conflict. Because what conflict does is it reminds you of the value of your relationship. Because the reality of conflict is the things I get irritated with in Pam are the exact things that I love in Pam. So true. So I married somebody who's very opinionated and can stand on her own. I love that about her when she's having an opinion about you. <laughs> Not so excited when I have opinions about him. <laughs> That thanks, Bill. Me. Thanks. Feel the brotherly <laughs> love there, buddy. Well, well done there, buddy. Thanks. All right. And when that turns, it rocks my world. Right. And so the, the goal of conflict is to rediscover what it is you love about each other and how your differences enhance your life. Because conflict often is because Pam is challenging me to be a better version of myself. 
and vice versa. You know, oftentimes, um, you know, your spouse is kind of used as a magnifying glass to bring out some things that might need to change or get removed from your life to help you become your best self. And um, so the key thing to to remember is it's a good thing. If you're in Mm -hmm. conflict, that means you care about your relationship. You haven't just thrown in the towel. And and one of the things about um, how women misinterpret the way guys might deal with when a marriage is on the rocks, oftentimes men kind of go silent or kind of numb or into their cage. Um, I mean, their cave, sorry, not to their cage. Well, sometimes it is. So they might just kind of go silent on you and you misinterpret that as, oh, they don't care, but they actually do care. Scientific studies have shown that men care at a deeper level when the marriage is in trouble, but they don't voice it. So we misinterpret that as they don't care. But the reason why is they're like flooded with emotions and they don't even know where to start. And so um, can I jump in? mm -hmm. And Jay, what you said earlier in the show is that we need to have a vocabulary for our emotions. And when men don't have that vocabulary, we get emotionally flooded. We can't express what's going on. And if we do express, it's probably just going to come out in anger. So rather than create damage with the anger, we shut down. You know, you, you talk, you both talk about in this book, dismantling the core of the conflict, right? I'm just going to read the quote says when your humanity gets put on display in, in these awkward times of conflict, the only path to peace in your relationship is forgiveness. Yeah. And then wait, wait, here's, here's the, this is the, this to me is the money sentence. All great relationships are made up of two committed forgivers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We don't fall out of love. We fall out of the willingness to forgive. Mm. And so that probably the most powerful section, six sentences worth the whole price of men are like waffles, like spaghetti are the six statements of forgiveness. And we'll we'll just run through it real quick because it's a deep and it's a rich thing. And Bill and I come from two very dysfunctional homes. And so we're well practiced at forgiveness. And the first is I just, I forgive and you name the person and you name the offense. And the more specific you can name that offense, the more specific the healing that can come to your relationship. For example, you wouldn't want to say, I forgive my husband for being a jerk. That's like too broad. broad. You want to like list off the jerkiness. So you know what it is you're forgiving and you're extending that grace and that mercy that you would want extended to you. And then second. The second is I admit that what happened was wrong. Right. Because what happens in marriage too often is we we have battles over our attitudes. Like my preference is more important than your preference. Right. And that needs to be negotiated. Forgiveness is powerful when something was said that should have never been said. Something was done that should have never been done. And if we admit that it was wrong, then we set the platform for walking through forgiveness. And if we're wondering if something is right or wrong, that's where faith, a personal faith can really come in helpful. Like don't I go to the Bible? Okay. Is that my bad attitude or is this something that's wrong? Um, Then third, I do not expect that person to make up for what he or she has done. A lot of times we, live our lives on hold, waiting for the person to come back and beg our forgiveness. But chances are they may never do that. And if they do come back and say, I'm sorry, is there anything they can do to take back those hurtful words or take back those hurtful actions? No, you still have to forgive. There's no way to unwind 
Forgiveness right. is seeing what's happening and extending um, that not expectation, but rather um, mercy and grace towards somebody. And this is the compassionate side of marriage because right. we're all imperfect and we all married somebody who's imperfect. Right. So it's guaranteed we're going to let each other down or we're going to we're going to say things sometimes in the heat of the moment or under stress or in the panic that there's no recovering from. Like, like if you have made a statement to your spouse that was really mean and cruel, you, you, you can get mercy for it, but you can't you can't take it back and, and act like it wasn't said. Right. You can right. own your so, issue. That shows you're healthy when you right. own your issue, but you can't pretend like it didn't happen. So if we expect people to make up for it, we create an impossible environment. But if we create mercy, you know, like, I know you're imperfect. I know I'm imperfect. So we're going to make forgiveness part of our relationship. Now we can connect that on the level of our imperfection rather than blame each other for our in, imperfection. And I will not use the offense to define who that right. person is, who my spouse is. Um, this is you choosing to give up name calling right. um, and say, no, they're imperfect. I'm imperfect. We're going to try to see ourselves accurately but with love mixed in with forgiveness. Right. And the other problem with this too is we create monsters out of people. Like if I define Pam as she's the person who ruined my opportunity, she's the person who stole my happiness. Now I've turned her into a monster and she's way bigger than I am, right. which means she's going to have all kinds of emotional control over me. But if I keep her the same size, now you're a person like I am and we're all, we all have great moments of, of brilliance and we all have great moments of failure. And if we accept that about each other, we can keep growing in this relationship, which leads to the fifth statement, which is I will not manipulate this person with the offense. One man said to us, um, yeah, it's like taking a battering ram and hitting people over the head with their past. Um, he said, yeah, I don't think uh, women are hysterical. I think they're historical. Um <laughs> But yeah. we found both genders struggle with this right. one. And so it's you choosing to not push people's buttons. And when you say, let's bury the hatchet, uh, a lot of times people keep a roadmap to where the hatchet has been buried. And so it truly is burying the hatchet and um, let's move forward from this place. Let's not just be in this negative, toxic sure. cycle over and over again. And if you if you feel the need to manipulate your spouse, it means your spouse has emotional control over you in an unhealthy way. Yep. And so part of forgiveness is saying, I, I'm not going to manipulate. And then going to the sixth statement, which is, I will not allow what's happened to stop my personal growth. And that's where we started the show, Jay. That's exactly what you were telling right. everybody is, hey, know those four areas, grow in those four areas, become your best self. And that's really the capstone of forgiveness is I will not allow what's happened between us, what's happened in our past, what is uh, my stupid mistakes. I'm not going to allow anything to stop the love that God has given to us. And that is why I forgive. Not because one of us deserves forgiveness. None of us actually deserve forgiveness. Uh, but we all deserve what forgiveness gives. And that's that fresh start. So and the sad part, I just one more comment. The sad part is when bitterness gets in somebody's heart, it stunts their growth yeah. and they stop growing. Yeah. So we have a bunch of 40 year old men running around who are about 14 years old developmentally. Same with girls. Because they got they got bitter somewhere along the way and they stopped growing and now they're not enjoying life anymore. 
listen, I know 50 and 60 year old men that way. Yeah. Not just 40 year old men. So right. <laughs> listen, we have been on for over an hour. You, you guys have been it's simply fabulous. I've got people. Um, I'm, I'm watching people from all over the world um, hey. on Castbox FM and, and Facebook um, watching and listening to us live. And you guys have been great. Um, simply great. The show's called a new direction because we try to help people find a new direction in, in their life or their career or their business successfully or in leadership. If you guys could um, leave the listener with a new direction, what would that be? I would share the thing I wish somebody had shared with me sooner. And that is that our emotions always follow our decisions. So if you don't like the way you're feeling in your life, the way to change your emotional response is to make a decision about how you're going to change something and your emotions will follow that choice. So if you're unhappy in your marriage today, if you choose to start loving your spouse, your emotions will follow and your heart will engage. If you want to change your attitude at work, start doing things differently. Your emotions will get behind it, create momentum, and you will start enjoying the job that you used to not enjoy. And if some habit or, or attitude has got a grip on you, start changing your response to that, uh, that stimulus. Your emotions will get behind it and you will begin to change the way you feel about life, which will up your energy level. It'll refocus the way you think about it. And you will start in a new path to something you will thoroughly enjoy rather than being held down by the things that, that scare you or that emotionally intimidate you. Mine's pretty quick. If your vertical relationship with your creator is healthy, your horizontal relationships will be a whole lot healthier too. And so become your best self um, by asking for div some divine help and some wisdom from somebody just like you, Jay, that keeps feeding wisdom and truth and life-giving statements into you so that you have more to give to everybody around you. Their name is Bill and Pam Farrell. Awesome, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Men are like waffles. Women are like spaghetti. Available everywhere books are sold. I'm telling you, get the book. By the way, um, they I will have on the blog write-up for this book. Um, you can access the WS book. I will have the email address where you can email them. They will send you the information so that you can get, get the information that they talk about in the book, and they'll be happy to get that to you. So I will put that in the blog post, so make sure you look for that. Folks, this is the show. You know what I say to you every week, right? Be inspired because when you're inspired, that means that you will start inspiring other people and then in turn, they get inspired and they start inspiring other people and that just makes the world just a better place, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I'm going to be back next week with another great guest, another great book, and it's going to be another great show, I promise. So as I say to you every week, and you know what that is, right? Ciao, everybody. confidence and the answers don't make sense you got to keep your hope alive you got to know you can survive this is your time to find a new direction a brand new day a new direction things are gone
Dreams will take you places you have never 